0: I'm Richard Dodd, and you're listening to the Ecology Academy podcast. This is a show where we get to talk and learn about all things ecological, including interviews with top ecologists, both employers and employees, those working with ecologists, and also aspiring and inspiring career seeking individuals setting out to make a difference. The show aims to provide you with insights, advice, and inspiration to help you succeed and excel as an effective ecologist and to make a real difference to our natural environment. Today I'm speaking with Joshua Stiles, a botanical specialist currently working with Atkins in Warrington, and passionate science communicator with a background in botany and conservation. Now, although Joshua has relevant experience in ornithological, mammalian, reptile and amphibian survey techniques, it's botanical recording that he's renowned for, being one of the few individuals in the country to receive a FISK Level 6 certification through the Botanical Society of Britain and Ireland. Now, after obtaining two successive academic achievement awards, an excellent scholarship and a chancellor's scholarship during his stay at Edge Hill University, Joshua has also been awarded the Study Prize 2017 for obtaining the highest aggregate mark across the Faculty of Arts and Science at Edge Hill University. The award for which was an associate membership to the Royal Society of Biology. Is also the author of the Edge Hill University Biodiversity Action Plan, founder of the Northwest Rare Plant Initiative and founder of British Botany Training. Now Joshua holds English licenses for floating water plantain, field wormwood, and bats. So, Josh, welcome to the Ecology Canopy podcast. Hello, you right. right? <laughs> now, I'll tell you what, th- that last little bit I put in there as an extra bit because, okay, uh, I-, I know about bats, you know, holding bat license myself. I've heard of floating water plantain, but what the hell is Phil Winwood? Oh,
1: wow. It is. A very, very special plant. Um, and the reason I'm licensed for field wormwood is because there is a subspecies that is um, subspecies Maritima that only grows on Crosby sand dunes, and there's five plants left in the whole of the UK. Wow. Um, so it's a really special plant because it's super rare. Um, and so I'm licensed to bring it into cultivation. Um, it's also a relative of a very special plant <laughs> that produces a chemical known as artemisinin, which is on the front line of defence against
0: malaria, so... Wow!
1: Yeah, it's a dead special yeah. rare plant.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, so do you, do you cultivate them yourself then, or was it...? Yes,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm growing it at home um, with the ultimate aim of, of reinforcement for uh, the five <laughs> remaining plants left in the wild.
0: Right, well, fantastic, absolutely. Well, you know, uh, it's it's always a pleasure to learn things on this uh, on this podcast, and that I'm going to take that with me, absolutely, <laughs> take that with me. So I'm going to look out a lot more for Yeah, Field Winwood, yeah, fantastic. Now, before we get started, um, you escape, you don't escape this at all. A few quick fire questions, no right and wrong answers. Um, so armed with very little information and uh, preparation, are you ready? Yeah. Sure. Okay. So I mean they seem innocent. <laughs> but people people struggle sometimes on these ones. Well, the first one, Josh, is uh, habitats, species, or ecosystems.
1: All of the above. Yeah, <laughs> um,
0: yeah you can't have one without the other. <laughs> that, you know, um, this, this is a common theme. This is a very common theme. Of them all. Yeah. That's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> right. If I had to, if I had to, if you had to choose one, though, which one would you think it would be? All of Ecosystems, things. because Ecos- it
1: contains all of them.
0: All right then. Uh, okay. Yeah. We'll leave it at that. We'll leave it. Now, obviously, great science communicator. So, radio, TV, or podcasts? Um, not a loaded question. Oh
1: God. Um, I don't know. Uh, I like I like watching TV. So maybe TV. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. That's sure. fine. All right. Hey, Um. this is this is the first time I've asked this question to anyone. Uh, dogs or cats? Oh, God. Uh, neither. Neither? Uh, no. No. I don't like dogs or
1: cats. Any pets at all? Or just no pets? Well, I named um, oh god, no, I'm not going to say that. I was going to say I named one of my plants Timothy. Um, <laughs> no, I don't have any pets. I'm I'm dire with animals, they all tend to die under my care. It's like uh, some people can't keep plants alive, but um, I think I'm the opposite.
0: <laughs> I'll keep animals alive, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair enough. I'll write that down as well. Okay, and finally, finally, um, what superpower would you like to have? And what would you do with it?
1: Oh my god, um, I don't even know. I'd like to read minds. Please, um, yeah, yeah. I, I know. I don't even know.
0: Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll leave that one. Right. We'll leave that one. Yeah. You, can, if, you know, if you get an answer when it comes to you at the at a later stage, we'll go with without. Yeah.
1: Sure. Okay.
0: <laughs> um, okay. I, I tell you what. Uh, thank you for that. Um, that's the end of it. Um, and before we go into of your journey, really, I just wanted to. Where is it now? Yeah. There's this. Um, there's this quote on one one of your websites. I think the British Botany one. And I just wanted to pick it up a little bit. So it says here that <clears throat> uh, after college, I decided to enrol onto the you know bachelor of science ecology course at edge hill university it was always been very difficult for me to keep still and by the time that the third year of my undergraduate degree came about i found myself in a research position balancing three separate jobs and a number of voluntary roles alongside my studying commitments wow so w- w- where does that come from so where is this was this i suppose um I, I it's restlessness or is it actually passion for actually doing something action um Maybe
1: both. Um, I think I've got ADHD, can't keep still. Um, And at uni, I just remember getting bored really easily. So, um, hence, I ended up with a few different commitments,
0: (laughs) I think. But uh, yeah, yeah. Well, God, well, yeah, yeah, I just, I just, I mean, it just stood out that day, I think about it, uh, wow, how, you know, at, at university as well. I mean, I've got three jobs now. <laughs> now well, <God>. Yeah, and <laughs> a uni degree. But... Let's talk about the, your, your time before, you know, your current role with Atkins as botanical specialist there. So <laughs> just run through, so you know, your, your your journey, wherever you'd like to start, really. Sure um you mean my journey into the position or yeah into into ecology into your role as right. atkins, you know perhaps um you know sure. from take it from you know your passion obviously very passionate ch- childhood um so uh, talk about that and sort of you know how it came about to becoming a consultant ecologist with Atkins.
1: yeah sure um it started when i was about six years old um and i remember uh, that I started to grow sort of fruit and veg in my garden. Um, I used to watch like, Gardener's World. And um, I remember when I was really, really young, but Monty Don was on the TV, encouraging people to grow wildflowers for wildlife. And so um, a little bit of pestering. Um, and I eventually got my mum to take me to a garden centre and get me some wildflower seeds. Um, And we grew, or rather I grew, my mum hates plants um, and gardening. Um, I grew sort of a a one by one metre wildflower area. And I just remember coming home from primary school and literally just sitting down, watching it for hours. Um, And I just found the connections and interactions between plants and invertebrates. It was so weird and and fascinating how different plants were associated with different moths, butterflies, and there was huge arrays of solitary bees and beetles and so I did the rational thing and I destroyed my entire vegetable garden um, and replaced it all with wildflowers (laughs) Um, and that's how it started. Um, After that, I continued my interest in plants uh, as a volunteer for the Wildlife Trust. Um, through into college, through my degree, um, was volunteer with the likes of Natural England, WWT, Wildlife Trusts, um, and then eventually I got my job um, as a junior ecologist with a fantastic small consultancy. They're absolutely grand, uh, Tyra Ecological Consultants. Yeah, um, and I began there in twenty seventeen um
0: well, can I just go back slightly slightly John? Sure, go on. yeah so um um going to that um we transition from like college to university so um how did you find that in terms of you know were you did you move away for that um or how did that come about so how did you find these sort of, um, going to university part of it
1: I found it all right, actually. Um, I came through clearing. It was almost a last minute decision, really. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I I just remember through my volunteering, I volunteered with uh, a really great lady, uh, Rachel at Cheshire Wildlife Trust. And I just remember uh, talking to her about getting a job in the environment sector. And one thing that her and other people reiterated is that a degree is something that is super useful. Um, And so it was after that sort of conversation and conversations with other people that I decided to go to university where I literally called up the head of department mm-hmm. and I got through clearing
0: in a week or so. <laughs> um, yeah, was it a last, sort of last-minute decision then? So I mean, why did you choose that degree in particular? Was it something that you know that um, um, was it Rachel you said? Um, that's, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it... No, it wasn't recommended. Um, I just really like
1: the look of it, mm-hmm. um, and actually, it turned out to be a really good decision because the ecology degree at Edge Hill um, has a really strong focus, not just on on plants as well as animals but also on UK ecology, and it has a huge emphasis on uh, sort of giving pupils an experience in the field that's actually relevant to most sort of environment jobs that you actually get here in the UK. I know a lot of other ecology degrees might put an emphasis on, I don't know, the ecology of savannas in Africa. Um, But yeah, I really like the look of it, and it was a very good decision in the end.
0: Excellent. All right. Sorry. So I broke your stride then. So now, now you're with the wonderful, fantastic uh, 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 Tyra, Tyra? <laughs> sorry, I can't really pronounce it. Really. It's Tyra
1: sorry. Ecological Consultants.
0: Thank yeah. you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So they gave you a job. And what was that doing?
1: Um, so it started as a junior ecologist, um, just helping uh, with things like preliminary ecological appraisals, uh, bat roost assessments, bat surveys all kinds of other things um over the years uh experience built up and built up and I was eventually applying for bat licenses uh, mitigation licenses um doing ECIAs doing all kinds of other things and um, I got to the point where I was a senior ecologist at the company and to be honest I, I moved just because I I wanted a bit more botanical work. I wanted a bit more experience that I think is quite hard to get in in small consultancies, um, being honest, Um, which is why I moved to McDonald's in February of this year. Um, And a few months in, and I got a call from uh, Aitkins asking if I wanted to be their botanical specialist. Got through some interviews and, that's what I'm doing now.
0: Yeah. Hello that's your yeah that was the, that was the dream job you know so, 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 yeah. you, so a job you couldn't refuse really yeah
1: yeah yeah, absolutely <laughs> but,
0: um, Oh yeah. wonderful. okay so um in terms of you know once you were at now, the Northwest rare plant initiative okay was that something you when did you set that up? Um, so that-,
1: that was pretty much as soon as I graduated. Um, from my undergrad degree. Um, I I was really fortunate when I graduated um, because I was nominated and I was successful for um, a Chancellor's Scholarship, so Mm. well and good, but the main and most important thing is I got two grand from it. (laughs) felt <laughs> like millionaire. that's right.
0: um, yeah, that's, but, uh, yeah that's, money d- that's, that's what it's all about
1: <laughs> um, and it took me about a week to decide what to spend the money on. Um, and I just decided I was fed up of seeing incredibly rare and threatened species in the region go extinct and um, one thing that I always kept up to date with as a child growing up into my teens, um, I, was up, I grew up in Cheshire and um, I kept up to date with the Cheshire Rare Plant Register and one thing that was just so frustrating every single year is that one, at least one plant species had gone extinct and that trend isn't too dissimilar to every other English county. On average we're losing one plant species per county at least every two years so um fed up of seeing things go extinct. Mm. And so what the Northwest Rare Plants Initiative, uh, what I was thinking with that was to target species that are on the very cusp of extinction or declining very quickly, bring those species into cultivation and look to see whether there were um, suitable candidate receptor sites for reintroduction, I've also looked at things like reinforcement, so bulking up populations that are small and very, very vulnerable. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and that's what
1: the Northwest Rare Plants Initiative is.
0: I, see, uh, I say, just you know, reading your, your website, it says, you know, a, re-introdu- a reintroduction programme for 43 vascular plant species. Yeah. So, I mean, so uh, those are the, 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 you know, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to name. I'm not gonna actually name them all. Although, I imagine you probably could. <laughs> but uh, yeah. so, w- w- which one did you start focusing upon there? There, uh, there's a few. Um, over time, there's
1: been a real focus on peatland species, and to start with, um, one of my initial focuses was of a very very special plant that is my absolute favorite now it's called lesser bladderwort and god bless it it looks like a bit of pond sludge but actually it's very very interesting uh, it's one of the fastest plants on the planet able to capture animals at a pace of one ten-thousandth of a second. And also, a single strand can consume tens of thousands of animals every year. Much better than any bat or newt or uh, lion or tiger, I think. But anyway, um, unfortunately, as voracious as Lesser bladderwort is, it hasn't been quick enough to respond to changes in its preferred habitat peatlands. And across sort of well, across the majority of Northwest England, sort of between Cheshire and Lancashire, and there was a single site in before 2018 left, and it was a puddle in Delamere Forest surrounded by a sea of conifer plantation. It was gonna it's it's inevitable that it's going to go extinct some point soon, yeah. I think. Um, but also. More encouragingly, um, across the Greater Manchester Mosses, where lesser bladderwort used to be very, very widespread. It died out in the 1800s because of um, peatland destruction and and damaging activities like, um, I don't know, peat cutting and all kinds of other things. Um, So it used to grow on the Greater Manchester Mosses. And it went extinct because of us. But the encouraging news is that loads of conservation effort has been poured into the Manchester mosses over the past few decades, since the 1980s. Um, And these fragments of peat bog um, that were left are beginning to be re-wetted, restored, and there, there are sphagnums and all kinds of other great plants that have made a recovery there. Um, and so the encouraging news is that suitable habitat exists or existed across parts of Lesser Bladderworth's former range. And so what I did was um, I liaised with Wildlife Trusts and Natural England to sample a small number of plants from this puddle and bring this gorgeous piece of pond ooze into cultivation. And cultivation. Um, I... Did a suitability assessment for some of the Manchester mosses, liaised again with Natural England and the Wildlife Trust, and eventually got consent for a reintroduction. Anyway, giving you my long story. story. Great, great, absolutely great. Um, Later in 2018, um, I was able to reintroduce 60 ish plants. Um, to bog pools that have been restored across Manchester and that they were all doing well and good up until sort of October time where they died back for winter. Came around to monitoring the next year and from 60 we did a population estimate and it was over 24,000 plants and then In 2020, the population estimate was over 200,000 plants. And there was a significant increase in its distribution across the Manchester mosses. And this year, 2021, we did a population estimate, which was very, very taxing and difficult. (laughs) Um, And that's come out as 2.3-ish million plants. Um, I think I need to stop monitoring it now. It's... um,
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah, it's going to be a probably there now. A
1: yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, reintroduction of lesser bladderwirk, very successful. And more importantly, hmm. it's secured this species future across a, a big portion um, of uh, its former range where elsewhere in England we've here in England it's not just northwest England where we've lost loads of lesser bladderwort and um, lesser bladderwort's been lost through most of its English historical range and so elsewhere in England this plant is at severe risk um, so yeah, yeah there we go uh, sorry uh, I've gone off on a tangent oh,
0: absolutely fascinating <laughs> I mean I, I just love the name you know you know you know this pondus Uh, you know reclaim I could just see you reclaiming these puddles in Delamere Forest Mm. it's it's absolutely fantastic so in terms of the I mean how easy or not so uh, easy is it to actually engage with like the the likes of Natural England and and other landowners um, and and, to actually start the conversations about reintroduction and then the actual the implementation so so I mean that you know has it been has it been an easy, smooth journey? Everyone's on board, or have been a few complications along the way? Missing
1: you, I mean that that story makes it sound a bit simple, I think, but the, there are loads of. Gu- when it comes to reintroductions and, and or translocations of species, there are loads of best practice guidelines um, available. Namely, the IUCN. Um, guidelines when it comes to reintroductions more recently uh, DEFRA produced some guidelines best practice guidelines on reintroductions and so there are loads of things to consider when it comes to the reintroduction process are you sampling for genetic diversity have you got in place appropriate biosecurity protocols um, all of these things that you need to consider and also relay to the likes of Natural England. Um, That hasn't always been very easy, no. (laughs) Um, Also, for some some reason, plant reintroductions, they're not as commonplace Mm. as animal reintroductions. Well done, a sea eagle has been reintroduced um, and a beaver and whatever else. But when it comes to plants, there just aren't really very many. And I think this absence of plant reintroductions, which um, is a, an incredibly important conservation tool, I think, um, but I think as a consequence, a lot of people, particularly botanists, might critique plant reintroductions as a form of gardening. Yeah. Um, when, in my view, they're absolutely not. Mm. Um, but yeah,
0: so yeah, what do you... that's,
1: that's been a critique, anyway.
0: No, no, I, I can, I can sort of see it. So in terms of, you know, we, I, I suppose, that also the press may get a whole. I mean, I mean, reintroduction of like, you know, you know, White tailed C D Eagle, you know, Fever, and oh. so forth. I can see that, you know, from a newsworthy story, it seems a little bit better than lesser, lesser word that you know, for, for instance. So, how do you make, uh, I hate to say this, I mean, you're probably going to shoot this down. How do you make plants more sexy?
1: They don't need to be made more no, sexy. I know, I know you, I know. Um, I think public. plants are, uh, I think plants are much better than the <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you, you, can, you can keep yeah, them but The reason I say that is, I, I mean, visually, okay, you've got lesser bladder work that might look like a bit of pondus, um, and then, if you see a hair bounding across the field, the interest is immediately there. It's cute and fluffy, and it moves. But if you consider something like the bladderwort, there are so many fascinating aspects about it. And of course, when it comes to the importance of plants, they're the fundamental basis of our terrestrial ecosystems. Um, and I mean, I, I just find plants. I love animals as well, but I I found plants that extra bit fascinating. I mean, things, just keeping it on the line of peat bogs, things like sphagnum look completely inconspicuous, but they are the botanical beavers. They are the potentially the single most important group of plants on the planet for carbon sequestration and um, they pump out hydrogen ions and make their environments as acidic as pickled onions um, they can retain up to 20 times their own weight in water and of course they can create landscapes on a massive scale an inconspicuous group of mosses um, much better than a, a rubbish old beaver, eh? Yeah, that's uh, it. yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: what, have the, what have the beavers ever done for us, eh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is uh, amazing. So, uh, okay, I, I mean, I I, I realize we you know, we got a little bit of a time left uh, for you. So, okay. I, I know you've got to, you know something else to get on um, to after this. Um, always in very high demand. So, can we just move? to now I suppose your role in Atkins as bot- botanical specialist so what sort of you know your day-to-day I mean if there is a day-to-day sort of um you know uh, role really uh, there and and what sort of pro- support do you provide to Atkins and you oh. and-
1: um sure well I, I, I mean one key thing that I'm involved in at the moment is well actually I'm not sure if I'm meant to
0: say that's not. This comes out ages away. You know, it's probably going to be completed by the time this comes out. No, I'm not trying, yeah. trying to lure you in there to actually. Um,
1: but essentially, as part of my role, so I develop training for people, uh, which is a key aspect of my role. And, and about half my time is dedicated to training. And then the other half, um, I'm involved in specialist botanical work as part of projects. And that's that's the top and tail of it,
0: really. There we, go. there we go. That's that's fine. He doesn't mention the project at all. Well, yeah. it's oh no, I wasn't going to mention a project. Yeah. No, the training side there, because I mean, you're obviously extremely passionate about that. You know, you've set up, you know, this, you know, um, the Northwest Rare Plant Initiative, and also you've got your is it yeah, British Botany? Is, is that the, 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 yeah. the yeah yeah set that up as well? So educating people more about um, uh, um, va- it's not just vascular plants, is it? It's it's a whole range.
1: No, it's not. Um, actually, I need to—I need to sort my Northwest Rare Plants Initiative website out because, mm-hmm. although originally it was just vascular plants, there are a couple of mosses, uh, bryophytes that were included, things like golden bog moss, uh, a sphagnum species, um, and also a very rare moss, uh, waved fork moss. Um, which is one of the rarest plants in the country. Um, so, yeah, I love vascular plants, non-vascular plants, yeah, yeah. paraphytes. Uh, I love plant STDs, right. diseases that infect the sexual and reproductive organs of plants. I find them really weird and interesting, uh, not because I'm a pervert, but because plant STDs smut fungi um, are really really interesting. Um, and actually, hey, then, some what about... you say
0: smut fungi,
1: what do you say? Smut fungi. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you get a group of fungi uh, that, that often, um, they can, they can infect the reproductive organs of plants, and um, especially smuts in the genus Microbotrium. Um, and the reason I find these smuts interesting is because they're so understudied, but actually they have significant impacts on a species ability to reproduce and so they could have a vital role um, to play in population dynamics and loads of other interesting things so yeah, yeah
0: well there we you go know, I, do you know i think uh, i think i could tell you what your superpower is <laughs> that's it yeah. what it's it's, 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 it's it's i think i think it, it is going to be if you can turn any every person on the planet into a botanist i think that well yeah, mind control. Mind control. Up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's it, it, why do you think? I mean, I, again, why aren't there more botanists in um, not just the UK but in globally? Yeah. Um,
1: I think it's multifactorial, um, and everything always starts with. Our fundamental education and in education one big thing that's missing is teaching people about natural history. Um, Also when it comes to the environment sector here in Britain I think people tend to have a focus on fauna because typically in ecology especially consultancy it it has got a focus on floor on fauna things like bats and newts protected species whereas habitats have historically taken a back seat although that now is changing a little bit with things like UK hab and BNG coming up so, yeah. Um, people will begin to be more interested by plants. They're an amazing group of organisms, um, yeah. and now that they have taken the fore in in consultancy, especially,
0: yeah.
1: hopefully, um, they will take a bit more of a front seat.
0: I, I think you're absolutely right. I think you know, as you mentioned about biodiversity gain, and uh, you know, I think the 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 need for increasing consultants or anyone's ecologist sort of um, botanical skills level is going to be um, I think crucial really because I think there's a, you know, there's a there's a lot there's a lot of um, education needed out there um, I, I think and uh, for, um, and, and more botanists required so I think um, it's going it, to I think the tides are turning you know it's going to be a shift towards a more botanical led hopefully training courses but also at universities I think that's this uh, maybe also Uh, a sticking point as well sort of a bottleneck in in that um, some a large amount of these courses I I, I believe seem to be focused upon as I say the the fauna rather than flora uh, really so uh, do you get involved at all with any of the universities in your local area that's all the training at all Um,
1: sometimes yeah (laughs) Um, so I've been involved at Edge Hill my old university Um, gave a few talks I've marked a Assignments. Um, I'm going to be providing a fisk for Edge Hill University students next year. Um, I've given a couple of talks to John Moores as well. So Sometimes,
0: yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And and what what are you? What's your main focus at the moment then, Josh? Uh, so I mean, if you could spend more time doing, um, like, it probably isn't just one of these things. It's probably more than one of these things uh, uh, there. So what areas are you sort of? Um, edging towards at the moment, um, alongside your career with Atkins? A uh, lot, do don't know. Yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, See what crops up, crop crops up, is it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I have no idea, loads of things, is the answer.
0: Loads yeah. of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it, I mean it, your career into ecology, then. So um, I mean, it seems like to be, I suppose, a, a great ecologist, and um, you know, certainly, certainly a botanist. Observational skills. What sort of sc- sc- other skills do you think actually needed for him to become um, interested within, you know, in, in plants, if I may, in inverted commas? Yeah.
1: Um. What? What? what mm.
0: Yeah. I know. I think, I think it's a curiosity. I, I think, a very curious person, you know, as in, uh, you know, you want. I think to be a curiosity.
1: Yeah, I, I think curiosity is the key feature. I mean, it doesn't take very long looking at plants in depth to become interested and fascinated with them. I personally think that there are so many amazing features about each. And every species that is just really, really interesting to me, um, whether it's the association with other species or the special characteristics that that one plant has, um, or whatever else. So yeah, curiosity is really good. One.
0: Well, I tell you what. I mean, it's, I mean, I, I say I've learned, I've learned a lot in just uh, this short space of time. And so uh, yeah, uh, I mean, the fact that lesser blooded is one of the fastest. It is the fastest plant. Well, one of one of, of the fastest yeah. plants. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's very crazy. yeah. I mean, who knew? Who knew? I mean, uh, we don't know about uh, sort you know carnivorous some carnivorous plants, but um, that's incredible. So, I mean, there's a lot to be discovered as well. I mean, um, it's. In, in I mean, what? Uh, what are your plans for this coming winter? Is it more reintroductions? Um,
1: not so much reintroductions. Um which will be next sort of year um my plans for winter include few things and one thing i'm really keen to develop on are my bryophyte identification skills and um, people often turn their nose up at mosses and liverworts but I- truly um, and they are really really interesting groups of plants did you know they reproduce like us using sperms and eggs for example no. really no, weird no. um really interesting um but also um it's really useful for me as a consultant ecologist to know about mosses at uh, this time of year especially because a lot of plants might not be too Obvious, whereas the mosses look their best, and mosses, just like vascular plants, can play really important roles as indicator species. So, um, that's one thing I i want to do this winter, um, improve <laughs> my bryophyte identification skills.
0: Wow, fantastic! And <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm also the fact that you're, you're, you're sort of um cultivating plants is it actually in your own house or have it, you what's it, i mean where have you got a special room special rooms and you know um the greenhouses what what is it where where are these actually plants located
1: it's a very packed garden
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: um yeah <laughs> i think at the last count there's over 300 setups now <laughs> um full of stuff <laughs> oh so, yeah
0: you're not planning on moving uh at the moment then uh, no, no, it's a challenge. <laughs> Nightmare. Last time, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very uh, so much, Josh. So, uh, in terms of, I mean, we sort of um, we're coming towards the end of the session now. Um, but in terms of career advice, so if you look back upon, I mean, um, either your, you know, your 18, 19 year nineteen-year-old self, or uh, um, you know, what sort of career advice would you give? either to you or or what's the, also the best career advice has been given to you as well so what would you advise though what would you pass on um
1: for people who want to work in the environment sector the, the critical thing uh, for me that helped me get my first job um was volunteering so although I did volunteer throughout my teens on a sort of sporadic basis, it's something that I put real emphasis on when I was at university especially, Um, and the reason for that was actually someone told, (laughs) gave me some advice at the British Ecological Society on a little summer school thing I went on, Um, and yeah, it was the best piece of advice I was given. Uh, keeping up my volunteering not only gave me loads and loads of experience and critical skills, but that was the one thing that really helped me um, secure my first job. Um, and I think without volunteering, um, yeah, yeah, it might be a bit more bit bit more difficult perhaps to get your foot into the environmental sector.
0: Oh, great <clears throat> great advice thank you and, and it seems also I mean imagine a lot of your work is also I mean you're, you're self-taught is that right yeah yes. and yeah so yeah so I imagine it's a lot of it itself so you've got you to have that drive that that passion for it yourself I'd imagine um, but uh, do, but also do you have do you have like you know um I say role models mentors that you sort of um you know you you look up to or actually can you know them um, are, are, are close to that you can actually contact
1: yeah, there's one really um, great chap that, that helped me a lot through university and still does. Uh, he's a good friend uh, called Dr. Phil Smith. Um, and he's often referred to as the Oracle of the Sefton Coast. <laughs> um, and I used to go out with Bill um, sort of once a week when I was at university. He was uh, he's, he's an absolutely great guy and an amazing botanist um a real role model and I, I learned a lot from him as
0: well great well um i am t- so thankful for your time um so um you know it's been I, 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 it's been education it's been an absolute education talking to you uh, and i'm 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 I'm, I'm afraid there's lots of things we've missed out on there that, that's uh, i'm sure we can invite you back for a second uh, appearance on the ecology academy but for now joshua styles thank you for joining me on the ecology academy podcast
1: Thanks, Richard.
0: If you enjoy our show and want to help, then please click on the subscribe button and rate us on your favourite podcast player. As that's how you can inspire ecologists in the making, help retain great talent, and provide insights of our industry to a much wider audience of why ecology really does matter. Thank you. And remember... Learning is a lifelong endeavour, so stay curious, be adventurous, and build bridges for others to cross.